Okay, I've got a huge announcement. This is going to impact everybody in our church and beyond. So make sure you listen to this right here. Jesus is Lord. Live in light of that message. Live in light of that announcement. And then every announcement that is ever to come, every event, every question that you have in your life, remember to dwell on and think about and live in light of the fact that Jesus is Lord. Amen. Hello, Element City Church. Glad to have you guys all with us again. Uh, I ask you to do one thing today, actually two things. Click on that like. Help us to connect with you and you to us by clicking on the like button when you're a part of these live streams. And secondly, I'd like all of you guys to go to our website. We're always posting new things. But especially for those of you who are new, go to the website and get our app. It's a free download. If you don't already have that, get that. Put it on your phone and everything to do with Element City Church is on there. Our events, things coming up, classes, all kinds of things to register for. You need that app. And even today, if you're going to follow along in Jack's sermon, even Jack's sermon notes that you can follow along with him or on that app. You also, when you first go on that page, there's two buttons, right? One that says, I need help. The second button says, I can help someone. So again, as needs come and go, uh, keep clicking on those things and, and offering up either what you have as a need or offering up maybe what you can give and we'll be in contact with you. And we love to partner people up to be able to help and love each other. Uh, it's just a part of what we're trying to do more and more as a church family. Uh, and finally, uh, again, if you're new, you can go to the app or now even new on the Facebook live feed. You can, there's a, there's going to be a link there so that you can go and fill out the connection card and we can just get to know you, get, get, get basic information from you. And then we can begin to connect from you from there. So, uh, hope you guys enjoyed today's service. Uh, let us just pray and prepare our hearts for what God's going to do today. And I'm also going to be praying as we always do every week for the church of the week. That's another church in our city that we want to pray for and bless because we see ourselves as just one slice of the pie of the kingdom of God. We're just one church among many, and we want to bless the other churches and what they're doing in our city. So this week is Connections Vineyard, and we're going to pray for them and pray for our church. So join me right now. So Father, we love you. We thank you for what you're doing in our city and in our churches and today particularly, God, I pray for the Vineyard Connections Church. And I know they're reaching um, uh, the, the poor in their neighborhood. I know they're reaching the people in their church. And, and so, Lord, we ask you to bless them financially. Give them everything they need, God, to continue to do what they need to do and how to reach out. And so give them a calling, God, that they hear clear and call. Give them unity in their church in the spirit so that everything they do can be done in love and can be done for the glory of Jesus. And likewise, Father, we pray for ourselves that as we prepare uh, to come back together very soon, uh, prepare our hearts for that moment, God. Prepare our hearts for that moment to meet with you and meet with each other again in person real soon. And until that time, God, help us to connect with you and each other through this live feed today in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you guys.
never gives up, never runs out on me. Cause your love never fails and never gives up, never runs out on me.
Peace is a promise. God, it's available to us in every circumstance, every situation. God, you extend your peace. Jesus, may we grab hold of that today. Lord, let your peace overflow. Oh, we need more of you, Jesus. Let your
If more of you means less of me, take everything. Is all of you, is all I need, take everything. my life and my treasure one that I can't live without here at your feet my desires and dreams I lay down here at your feet my desires and dreams I made Father God, we come before you tonight. With one thing on our hearts and one thing on our minds, Father, and that is to become more like your son, Jesus. And God, in these times, these strange times, Lord, we pray that we not be the same as we move forward. 
at those things that may have kept us from being more like you would be things that we would see, that we would identify and let fall away. So we might look more like you to a world that needs more of Jesus. Bless our time here together, Father. We love you. Amen. Hello, everyone. Welcome back. Glad to, to be with you virtually and to, to hang out together today. So if you have your Bibles, why don't you go to John chapter 18. We're going to continue in our Believe series, and we're looking into a moment here with Peter. So, Or you can uh, open up the app, go down to Sermon Notes, and follow along there. But as we get started, I want you to think about the great modern-day theologian Hannah Montana and her words, Everybody makes mistakes. Everybody has those days. Maybe we're not physically in the room together, but would you be willing to raise your hand that, hey, have you ever made a mistake before? Have you ever failed at something? Have you ever had a moment where you should have done something and you didn't do it? Or that you did something that you know you shouldn't have done? That the reality is everybody makes mistakes. Everybody has those days, and we all fail. We all fall short of perfection, fall short of what we maybe should be. And it's not just individuals. It's just failure moments in life. You think of either bigger examples of, uh, remember 1912 and the Titanic. Uh, it was termed as the unsinkable technological advancement of the day. This boat would never sink, and so it sets sail, and it's maiden voyage, and hits an iceberg, and we've all seen the movie, and we know what happens, and... In fact, one of the other failures is it was never designed with enough lifeboats for the number of passengers on because it was deemed unsinkable. And so this mistake moment, or 1971, uh, Ford Motor Company introduces the Pinto, kind of this small subcompact uh, sedan, and uh, just, oops, it happens to burst into flames when it's rear-ended. And so they have to recall 100 or 1.5 million Pintos off the road or... You think of the year 2000 and Blockbuster is this ginormous company and it passes up buying the DVD by mail upstart company called Netflix for $50 million. Well, fast forward to today, Blockbuster no longer exists and Netflix market value share as of this week, $194.5 billion. Hey, everybody has those days. Everybody makes mistakes, right? This idea that uh, we all fall short of something. And today I want us to look in chapter 18 of one of those mistake moments. And it happens to be Peter that we'll see as he denies Christ three times. And, and yet when you see Peter throughout the whole gospel accounts, Peter is just this bold and strong disciple. He's one of the most intimate and trusted followers of Jesus. Uh, in fact, it can only be said of Peter a few different things. That Remember, it was Peter who got out of the boat and walked on water with Jesus and to him. And the other 11, well, they were just boat potatoes. They stayed put. They never moved. It was Peter who jumped out in courage with that. He was the one that correctly said, hey, Jesus, you are the Messiah. When Jesus was asking his closest followers, who do people say I am or who do you say I am? It was, it was Peter who responded, that he was the one that declared, where else would we go? You alone have the words of life, Jesus. As Jesus had preached his most difficult and challenging sermon, the crowds had faded and everyone had left. And in that moment, Peter says, no, we're with you, Jesus. Or even the night of his betrayal and arrest, Jesus pulls Peter aside and says, here's what's going to happen, Peter, and you're going to deny me. And Peter, like in valiant nature, stands up and says, Jesus, I will never leave you. I will never forsake you. I'll die with you. And he meant it. 
and he's so valiant and bold and strong. And, and sometimes, friends, just like Peter, we get things right. And sometimes, just like Peter, we get things most definitely wrong. We fail. We fall short. Uh, everybody makes mistakes. Everybody has those days. And the question is, in that moment, that failure moment, that mistake moment, what then? What then? And when it falls apart, when we blow it, when we fail, what's God's response then? So, John chapter 18, we kind of peek in on Peter. Here's his story. And maybe we can begin to relate a little bit with him. Uh, Simon Peter, another disciple, and another disciple were following after Jesus, verse 15. Because this disciple was known by the high priest, he went with Jesus into the high priest's court, but Peter had to wait outside of the door. The other disciple who had known the high priest came back, spoke to the servant girl on duty, and brought Peter in. And she said, You aren't one of those man's disciples too, are you? She asked Peter, and Peter replied, I am not. It was a cold night, and the servants and officials stood around a fire they had made to keep warm, and Peter also was standing there to keep warm. You fast forward a couple verses down to verse 25. Meanwhile, Simon Peter was still standing there warming himself. They had asked him, You aren't one of those disciples too, are you? And he denied it again, saying, I am not. One of the high priest's servants, a relative of the man whose ear Peter had cut off, challenged him. Well, didn't I see you in the garden with them? Again, Peter denied it. And at that moment, the rooster crows. Three times he denied him, just like Jesus said he would. And in that moment, listen, shame makes some of its best moves in the shadows. And it comes slinking up behind Peter and tapping him on the shoulder. And the light bulb goes off in Peter's mind and his heart sinks. And he realizes what he's done. And Luke tells us in his gospel that he went outside and he wept bitterly. It was that moment of failure. And what then? See, we may not know that moment of denial or that moment of betrayal like Peter, but we each know our own moments. That moment when we make that mistake, that moment when we fall short, we fail, we let Jesus down. What then in those moments? See, in that moment, Peter left Jesus' presence. But I want to encourage us that we can do the opposite. We, we don't need to withdraw uh, away from Jesus in those failure moments. Because of Jesus and what he does on the cross and his resurrection, we can make a different choice in those moments that we're invited to do the opposite, not to flee, but to come humbly closer to our amazing Savior. We're invited to run to the one who offers grace and reconciliation and hope. And because of Jesus, we no longer need to run and hide. We don't have to let shame be the one tapping us on the shoulder. We can let grace tap us on the shoulder. Have you ever stopped to consider when this happens? We know Jesus is arrested. He is crucified uh, the day later. Three days later, he rises again. You fast forward and Pentecost comes, I think, 40 to 50 days after that. This failure moment of Peter. That Do you ever stop to consider that had Peter denied Jesus in our day, in our day that's saturated with social media in a society that everybody has a megaphone and an opinion to shout, that had Peter denied Jesus in our day, in our culture, he would have never survived long enough to preach at Pentecost. He would have been written off. See, our culture tends to to be in a drought of grace and yet storms of, uh, of judgment linger and build and blow across the land. Our culture almost breeds us to judge quickly and to, to write up, to write off, to kind of withhold the benefit of the doubt for people. We often have a hair trigger to want to be judge and jury and executioner as it comes to people's reputations. And we make snap judgments on their character when they make a mistake. And many folks are not quick to extend grace. We're actually quick to extinguish it. 
somehow expecting performance of perfection from others that we would never presume or require from ourselves. See, if we're honest, we're all kind of still amateurs at this grace thing, that, that we struggle to live it out like our amazing Savior, Jesus. He, he's the real MVP. Uh, how quickly in failure moments we forget, uh, and, and sometimes we harp on ourselves even in our failure moments, that we forget the simple reminder from God that in Psalm 103, a great psalm, I encourage you to read it this week, but tucked in there is this little tiny phrase that reminds us of how God sees us, that we are worth and, and have value to him, but in it, in a context, he also realizes how weak we are. It says this, verse 13, as a father has compassion on his children, so the Lord has compassion on those who fear him. For he knows how we are formed, and he remembers that we are mere dust. See, sometimes our expectations on others become over the top, unrealistic, unachievable, and we must learn to extend grace for times where they fall short because the reality is we all fall short. We're all going to fail. Everybody makes mistakes. Everybody has those days. For some of you, you may be pretty good at extending grace to others, but you're the last person that you would ever extend or give grace to. And so you, you hold it back from yourself and it's this torment even within you. So a, a quick reminder, friend, you too are mere dust. The breath of God has breathed life into you and that he is willing to extend you grace and maybe we need to learn to borrow some grace from him even for ourselves. That sometimes our expectations on ourselves become way too elevated. And the scripture tells us to live with humility, a recognition that none of us are perfect, that we're all broken, we're all in need of a savior and a continual need of saving that we, we need to learn into him. And so maybe a simple prayer for us is a simple phrase. Lord, grow us in grace. God, grow me in grace. Maybe that's a simple prayer you can wrap your mind around and just begin to pray for yourself. God, grow me in grace. What does that mean? Well, to grow in grace means, uh, you know, make me a person who's less prone to discard or to disqualify and more like you, quick to forgive, quick with grace. And may we reward repentance with restoration, just like you do. Give us a heart that flows with forgiveness for ourselves and for others that seek it. Let us be a people that practice confession often and that return to you quickly and for reconciliation and restoration and that we live with renewable hope that only you provide, that I, I don't make it all about my performance. Friends, our greatest moments of disappointments can often lead to the greatest divine encounters if we'll stay open to God and will not run and hide that we stay open to his grace, to his whispers of wanting to restore and reconcile, that when you fail, don't close yourself off to God. Don't close yourself off to Jesus. He didn't come to save you once. He is a continual, eternal savior. It's just who he is. It's what he does. Yes, he came to save us, but I think his heart is to continually save us because we need it. The, we are people who will fail and will fall. Think about it this way. One of the, the main aims of people in our generation, in our culture, is to choose and to create and to formulate their desired identity. And so they set out, they work hard, they perform, they work to achieve it, the identity they want. But the beautiful reminder of Christianity uh, from Christ himself is that your identity is received, not achieved that a true, irrevocable, foundational identity is delivered to us through Christ. So it doesn't go up and down based on my performance or my lack thereof. We're never left to wonder, am, am I going to lose this identity of one who's saved by Christ when I mess up? That we can know who we are and whose we are at any moment in life, whether it's a moment where we're shining or a moment where we're lingering in the shadows.
And we're wondering, how is God going to respond to us? See, God's amazing truth is you can't work your way into God's grace and you can't behave your way out of it. That's the beautiful thing that Peter will discover on the other side of the resurrection. That you can't work your way into God's grace and you can't behave your way out of it. Now listen, we all face consequences. We face consequences for our decisions, our choices, our actions. And God will lovingly discipline us at times. But there will never come a time where he will just walk away from you. God doesn't abandon his children. See, Peter stepped away from Jesus. But if you keep reading, what you see is that Jesus endured that betrayal. And he endured the cross. And he rose again and went walking right back toward Peter, and he restored him. That's what Jesus does when we fail, when we fall short, when we make mistakes. He doesn't walk away from you when you fail. He walks toward you. He walks toward me. Maybe a final thought for us to, to consider is, Jesus shows us that God is a God of correction, not condemnation. That those of us who put faith in Jesus and, and we're hinging everything we've got on him and what he did and not what we do and our identity is received, not achieved. As we put our life in his hands, that the Romans chapter 8, a beautiful passage, talks about there's now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. There's correction that will come. Hebrews 12 talks about that, that the Lord disciplines out of love, that he disciplines those he loves. It's a sign of legitimacy and affection for his children. In fact, uh, Hebrews 12, verse 10 through 11 says this, for our earthly fathers disciplined us for a few years, doing the best they knew how, but God's discipline is always good for us so that we might share in his holiness. No discipline is enjoyable when it's happening. It's painful. But afterward, there's a peaceful harvest of right living for those who are trained in its way. God disciplines those he loves, and he always does it for our good. <laughs> we said it at the beginning. We'll say it again. Everybody makes mistakes. Everybody has those days. We all fall. We all fail. We all will. And so mistakes and failures and mess-up moments should drive us to stay repentant, to practice confession, to cultivate a humble heart before God. Repentance and confession is not a one-and-done kind of deal. It's a continual practice and habit. It's a rhythm of a grace-filled life. It's a habit of one who is found in Christ and who remains in Christ, knowing that apart from Him, we can do Nothing. We must remain in Him. It's a habit we want to have in our lives. It's a habit you want to cultivate in yours. See, sometimes, just like Peter, we get it right. Sometimes, just like Peter, we definitely get it wrong. But all the time, our amazing Savior is with us at every moment. Would you pray with me? God, we just thank you for Jesus. We thank you for his example. We thank you for the reality that he puts you on display, Father. He's the revealer of who you are, what your heart is like, and how you respond in failure moments. God, we thank you that the scriptures don't hide our mistakes or the mistakes of those who are following after you as an example that we are going to make those two. Jesus, you are the one who pursues and walks back to us even when we tend to, to run and hide. So Jesus, would you help us to be people who, who make a rhythm of confession and, and reconciliation, of humility, a part of our journey, and a continual growing depth of that in our journey, that we may remain in you. I thank you that you're a God who pursues us no matter what. And that our identity is secure in you. It's received by you, not achieved by us. And so, Father, we are so grateful for your love and your grace that is with us in those moments when we're shining and we're doing things right. And especially in those moments when we fail you, when we fall short and we deviate from your best. And you don't leave us alone. You walk toward us. 
restoring us because your forgiveness is unending and we're never beyond your reach. Would you help us to remember that, to be refreshed by that? And would it drive us to want to walk closer and more steady with you? We pray in your son's precious name. Amen. We're coming to a time of communion. And so hopefully you have some elements that you can uh, utilize at your house, uh, whether it's cracker, a little bit of juice or tea like I have, but uh, to find something that you can as a family or as an individual, as a couple, you can take communion together as we just continue to re-anchor ourselves. Um, that communion is that anchor for us, that it's Jesus's life, his death, his resurrection that, that makes a way for us to have everything to have life with him, to have life with him. And so we remember in the Gospel of Mark, uh, it records for us that at that Last Supper, while they were eating, Jesus took bread and we, he had given thanks. He broke it and gave it to his disciples saying, take this, this is my body. Do this in remembrance of me. And then he took the cup that night. This is my blood of the new covenant, which is poured out for many, he said. Do this in remembrance of me. And so take a moment as a family, as a couple, and uh, remember Jesus' body, his sacrifice, his life given for you, the blood of the new covenant that seals the, our eternal forgiveness in Christ. Uh, take a moment to reflect, offer up a prayer, we'll continue on in service. song we could ever sing Worthy of all the praise we could ever bring Worthy of every breath we could ever breathe We live for you Jesus the name above every other Jesus, the only one who could ever save. Worthy of every breath we could ever breathe, we live for you. Oh, we live for you, God. Holy, there is no one like you. There is none beside you. Open the my
Jesus, the name above every other name. Jesus, the only one who could ever sing. Worthy of every breath we could ever breathe. We live for you. Thanks for worship tonight. I love the words of that song. It says, I will build my life on a firm foundation. I will put my trust in you alone, and I will not be shaken. As you can see, I'm kind of in a construction zone. We've been doing a lot of construction around the Lee House uh, this COVID time, and I've learned a lot about foundations, having to replace some, and what, how important they are to the structure of the house. And that's so important as, as God is building into our foundation and as we are asking God to give us grace. As Jack asked us to pray for grace, that we could have grace 
for us and that we could have grace for others. So let's, let's dive into that. Let's literally pray for grace this week so that we, as we are re-coming together and as we're re-interfacing through this, this time away, that we'll have the grace that God gives us that we will have for others. Can we do that? Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you for who you are. We thank you that you give us grace. You thank you that you have built that foundation of love and that you've given us grace. And Lord, let us just have your grace flow through us so that other people can experience that. Amen. Well, we have some opportunities for you. If you're new with us, uh, see on the comments below, there's a 10 minute party. You can meet some of the pastors or some of the staff. We'd love for you to be there. If you partner with us financially, thank you so much. It is allowing us to bring hope and light to Tucson. If you haven't had the opportunity to do that, we'd love for you to join us in that. We'd love for you to go to our app or online and uh, fill out the information there. It's completely secure. And uh, again, it helps us bring the hope and light of Jesus to the heart of the city. We have some other opportunities for you. We have um, our equip class. I know it's hard to go on the journey. It's hard to work out by yourself. It's hard to read the Bible by yourself sometimes. And we have an opportunity for you to be part of our equip class. We want you to come. It's online. Um, we have the opportunity to give you a coach and you'll go through some training to equip you in your spiritual walk to really hear God and to experience and build your faith. There's two opportunities for that. Go to the app and both, uh, both uh, times are there. One's in the evening, one's in the morning. Go to our app and, and you can see and register for that. I know you guys are looking for or wanting to know when we are, we're coming back to in-person um, and we're still praying through that, but I know for a fact that we, we will be online for the rest of May. And uh, we are praying and planning and trying to figure out with other, the church that we are at, just to figure all that out. So be patient, uh, be praying with us as, as we get ready to do that. I know one thing is changing, though. As we've been working on Facebook Live, we're in the next couple weeks, we're going to be moving our online uh, services to our website and to do that. And you'll get an email this week to explain all the details of that transition. So tune in to your email. Uh, it's the email that you put on our database and we're gonna send that information to you about the new changes of where you can see us online. And as we get back into in-person, we're gonna continue having an online present to keep everybody safe and to keep everybody together in community. I think that's it. And I'd love to see you back next week when we worship God again. Bye, Elements Church.